In my message on Sunday, I, I mentioned part of the book of the part of the book of Amos, where God told Israel to seek Him and live. God told them not to seek Bethel, not to seek Gilgal, or not to seek anything else. They must seek Him. I haven't been able to get away from that thought combined with the devotion I read a couple of weeks ago about expending, about spending extravagant time with God in prayer. The need for for me and for us. To spend significant, to seek God and spend significant time with God in prayer every day has been going around in my mind over and over all this week. So tonight we're going to look at a passage showing us why we must seek God and why we must spend significant time with God in prayer every day. Then I'm going to end the message by challenging you to commit to spending a, a significant amount of time with God in prayer every day. Open your Bible to Luke chapter 11. Verse 5 is where we're going to start. should be page 793 in the Pew Bible. And when you find that, I'm going to ask you to stand to honor the reading of God's Word. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, Friend, Lend me three loaves because a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to serve him. And from inside he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even if he will not get up and give him anything just because he is his friend, yet because of his shamelessness, He will get up and give him as much as he needs. The title of the message tonight is Seeking God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. You are great and awesome and worthy of our praise and worthy of our devotion. We pray tonight, Lord, your Holy Spirit would come. Open our minds to receive what Jesus has taught us in this passage. Father, let it stir our hearts to be a people of prayer. Let it stir our hearts to be a people who spend significant time with you every day. In prayer, Lord, we need that. The world needs us to be those kinds of people. Fill me with your spirit. Give me clarity of thought and clarity of speech. Let me speak your word and your ways for your glory. Just have your way in all of our hearts, we ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. You may be seated. Now, this passage is part of a, a lengthy set of instructions Jesus gives on prayer. Now, it starts in chapter 11, verse 1, that when the disciples saw Jesus praying, they said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. So Jesus taught them what we typically call the Lord's Prayer. And then he begins to teach them this parable. Now the parable revolves around three guys I've called throughout the time. I'm going to call throughout the time here. Lenny, Kenny, and Denny. Right? Lenny is the inconsiderate friend who shows up at midnight wanting something to eat. Kenny is the host who wants to feed Lenny, but he has nothing to give him. And then Denny is the poor soul who just wants to stay in bed with his family, but has to get up and answer Kenny because he has nothing to serve Lenny. Now, the interpretive grid for this parable is this. Kenny represents you and I. Lenny represents anyone who comes to us in need or anyone who we want to help in the name of Jesus. Right. So all of us, we have Lenny's. In our life, as we go through our time, people come to us and they ask us to pray for them. They ask, what does the Bible say about this? They ask for some sort of spiritual guidance or 
We have lineage in our life or people that we know and we love and they are far from God and we want them to be close to God. We want to help them and to give them something in order to help them to live for God and to know God. So we all have Lenny's in our life. And then there is Denny and Denny represents God. And this passage teaches us three critical truths about why it's important for us to spend significant time with God in prayer every day. Number one, we have nothing to give. Lenny shows up at the house and he's hungry. And Kenny would gladly feed Lenny, but he doesn't have any food to offer. It wasn't that that Kenny didn't have the right kind of food. He has no food. Right. So in this day, keep in mind that food was typically bought and eaten on a daily basis. Hence the the prayer in verse three. Give us each day our daily bread. Now, Kenny's words clearly demonstrate his inability to help to meet the need. He says in verse six. Because a friend of mine has come from a journey and I have nothing to serve him. Kenny's inability to provide food is what sent him to Denny begging for bread. Just as Kenny had nothing to give Lenny without the help of Denny, we have nothing to give those who come to us without first going to God. All of those people who come to us throughout our days and say, hey, can you give me some spiritual advice? What does the Bible say about this? What what is the right path to choose from here? All of those people that we love and we know that are far from God and we want to see come to know Christ as their Savior. The reality is on our own, without first going to God, we have nothing that we can give them on our own. We have nothing to give. Now, if I were to ask, what is the purpose of prayer? Many would answer the purpose of prayer is to tell God or about our needs. Or the purpose of prayer is to tell God about the needs for others if we're interceding for them. But is this an accurate statement? Is prayers, the purpose of prayer, really to tell God what we need or what others need that we're praying for? Well, look at what Jesus said. So when you're praying, do not use thoughtless repetition as the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. So don't be like them. But notice this part in red. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, if God knows what we need before we ask him, then the purpose of prayer can't be to tell God what we need. If God knows we have needs for others, then the purpose of prayer can't be to tell God what what we need him to do in the lives of another. So what then is the purpose of prayer? Prayer doesn't tell God about our need. Prayer reminds us of our need. Prayer reminds us we have nothing to give. Prayer reminds us we are helpless apart from God. Prayer reminds us we live in a world of Lenny's who have all kinds of needs. And in many cases, our Lenny's will come to us asking for help. And prayer reminds us we are Kenny and we have nothing to serve them on our own. 
Take, for instance, those who are enslaved by sin or those who are deceived by Satan as an example. What can we do to help them? Well, we can share the gospel. We can present the truth of God's word. We can draw a line for them so they can see here's what you're doing and here are the negative consequences this is bringing into your life. Now, these are all good things to do. These are all necessary things to do. But what we cannot do is make them understand or embrace what we are saying as true. Only God can do that. Or take someone who might be, who is in the process of being crushed by the cares of life. What kind of practical help that we offer them, it depends on the care of life that is crushing them. Sure, we can pay a bill. We can buy groceries. We can be a shoulder to cry on and we could offer advice. And again, these are all good and necessary things to do. But they don't help them with the life choices they may be making that have led them to be crushed by this particular care of life. Right? If they are making poor choices that are resulting in these negative consequences, then us bailing them out only it just postpones the inevitable, the inevitable of the negative consequences coming into their life again. This doesn't fix their marriage. This doesn't bring healing to their sickness. This won't cause their prodigal child to come home. This won't heal their broken heart. This won't ultimately give them peace and rest. Only God can do these things. Spiritual needs require spiritual solutions. And spiritual solutions require spiritual power. And spiritual power requires prayer. Without spending significant time with God in prayer, we have nothing to give to the lineys in our life who come to us needing bread. Now, you may in this moment be nodding your head in agreement with me. You, you may be thinking, absolutely, that's right. I, without God, without coming to God, we have nothing to give. But let me press on this for just a minute. If we say we agree with this, we have nothing to give to others apart from spending significant time with God in prayer, then a question we need to answer is, do I spend significant time in prayer with God every day? If truly I have nothing to give apart from spending significant time in prayer with God every day, do I Spend significant time with God in prayer every day. And if not, why not? What I want to do tonight, just for a minute, is suggest three reasons why we don't spend significant time with God in prayer every day, if we don't. Now, again, this isn't accusatory. I'm not saying you don't. If you tell me you spend significant time in prayer with God every day, I believe you. But if you don't, here are three reasons I believe we don't do it. One, we don't care about others. One of the reasons we don't spend significant time with God in prayer every day may be because we just don't care if we have anything to give to anyone else or not. It's possible we are so self-absorbed and self-centered, we only care about ourselves. And so long as I have what I need, I don't care if I have anything to give to others. 
Now, this clearly is not the attitude a disciple of Jesus is supposed to have. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility, consider one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. So as disciples of Jesus, we should consider others as more important than ourselves. We should look out for the interests and the cares of others and not merely ourselves. And we should mirror the attitude of Jesus. Now, since this is how we're supposed to live as disciples of Jesus, and since we have nothing to give to others without spending significant time with God in prayer every day, then it makes sense that we would and we should make spending significant time with God in prayer every day a priority for our lives. That we would say, I am going to spend significant time with God in prayer every single day because today and tomorrow somebody is going to come to me and they're going to have a need. And if I am not spending the time with God, I should, that I will have nothing of value to give them in that moment. And so I care about others, and so I will spend significant time with God in prayer every day. So that's one reason. Another reason could be we're arrogant and self-sufficient. One of the reasons we don't spend time with God in prayer every day may be because we arrogantly assume we already have everything we need to help others apart from God. Think about the Laodicean mindset. Being rich, increased in goods, and in need of nothing. After all, we've been Christians a long time. We know all the Bible stories. We have quite a few Bible verses committed to memory. And even if we don't know the exact address of where the verse is found, one Google search will give it to us. Therefore, we really don't need to spend significant time with God in prayer every day. I've got it, or I can get it pretty quickly. However, the reality is we are not sufficient on our own. Not that we are adequate, some other translations say sufficient, in ourselves so as to consider anything, so as to consider anything as having come from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who has made us adequate as servants of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. The letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So, according to God's word, we are not sufficient in ourselves. And nothing we have has come from ourselves. Rather, our sufficiency has come from God, who makes us sufficient to do what he wants us to do. So, since we're not sufficient, and since our only sufficiency comes from God then we have nothing to give others without spending significant time with God in prayer every day. We don't have what they need. No matter how clever we are, no matter how much we think we may know God's Word, we do not have what they need in that moment if we are not spending time with God in prayer. Therefore, we should make spending significant time with God in prayer every day a priority of our lives. In fact, 
an awareness of how insufficient we really are, how inadequate we truly are, should drive us to prayer, lead us to, to just beg God to help us and give us what we need for those who will come to us on the daily basis. And then a third reason we may not spend time, spend significant time with God in prayer every day, is we're deceived. So finally, one of the reasons... We don't spend significant time with God in prayer every day, maybe because we're deceived by the enemy. And really, I think this could be the root of the other two. This could be the root cause of why we don't care about others. This could be the root cause about why we arrogantly assume we are self-sufficient and we have everything we need. Think about it this way. Who would want us to not spend significant time with God in prayer every day? Would it be God the Father who knows our every need but invites us to cast our cares upon Him? Probably not. Would it be, the, would it be God the Son who's during a, who during His earthly ministry modeled spending significant time with God in prayer by at times spending all night in prayer with His Father? Probably not. Would it be God the Holy Spirit who is called the Spirit of Supplication and the Spirit who helps us in our weakness and intercedes through us when we don't know what to pray? Probably not. Would the idea that we don't need to spend significant time with God in prayer every day come from God's Word, which continually teaches us about the importance and necessity of prayer? Probably not. So since this idea doesn't come from God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, or the Word of God, where does the idea come from? Where does the idea, where would any of us get the idea that we don't need to spend significant time with God in prayer every day? Wouldn't it come from the one who hates God and does everything he can to keep people from God. Now, once we've been born again, Satan can't keep us from God salvifically, but he can keep us from God practically. Right? He can't keep us from God as far as salvation goes because God has us, but he can keep us from spending significant time with God in prayer every day if we let him. Wouldn't it behoove Satan to do everything he could, everything he could to keep us from God? So we have nothing to give to the Lennies who come to us, who, by the way, he also wants us to he wants to destroy. So think about it. These people that come to us, they have the same enemy we have. He wants to destroy their souls and their lives. And so one of the ways he can work to destroy them is to keep us from spending significant time with God in prayer every day so that when they come to us for help, we have nothing to give them. Or think about those that we want to win to Christ. They come to us. Wouldn't it behoove Satan to keep us from spending significant time with God every day in prayer so that when they come, we have nothing to give of the bread of life that can help them come and find Jesus Christ as their Savior? Since Satan does not want us to minister to the lineage in our lives in the name of Jesus, the power of the Spirit, the glory of God, wouldn't it be smart of him To convince us we should just take care of number one. Wouldn't it be smart of him to make us think 
Don't worry about others. They can take care of themselves. You just worry about you. Wouldn't it be smart of Satan to convince us you've got this. You don't need to spend significant time with God in prayer every day. You're smart enough. You're good enough. And doggone it, people just like you. Wouldn't it behoove him? Wouldn't it be smart of him to convince us we just don't need to spend significant time with God in prayer every day? Well, of course it would. If we don't spend significant time with God in prayer every day, and if we don't see a need to spend significant time with God in prayer every day, then we can be sure that whatever reason we give, whether it's one of these or something else, the real reason is we have believed a lie from the enemy. Because there is truly no way we can come to God's Word, read what God's Word says about prayer, and come away saying, well, I'm not one of those who needs to spend significant time in prayer with God every day. Anything that would make us think that way is a satanic lie keeping us practically from God so we have nothing to give to the Lennies who come into our lives. We have nothing to give to the Lennies who come to us without our first getting it from God. Therefore, we must spend significant time with God in prayer every day. So we have nothing, but God has everything. We have nothing to give. God has everything we need. Now, Kenny, in our text, he knows he cannot meet the need because he doesn't have anything to help. But he sure did he does. And he's sure if he goes to Denny and he asks, he will be given everything he needs. He will, give it, he will be given all the bread and all the food he needs to go back and help his dear friend, Lenny. Kenny is confident Denny has food to give. Kenny is confident Denny is willing to give it if he just asks. Kenny's confidence in Denny's ability and willingness to provide for this need causes him to leave his home at midnight, go to his friend's house and knock on the door and say, Hey, I have a friend. Lend me three loaves. He needs and I don't have anything I can do to help him. His confidence, and this is important, his confidence isn't in the fact he left the house. His confidence isn't in the fact he knocked on the door. His confidence is in Denny. He is confident Denny has what he needs. And he is confident Denny will give him what he needs if he but asks. If we're going to spend significant time with God in prayer every day, we must have this same sort of simple, confident faith in God's ability and God's willingness to meet the needs of the Lennies who will come to us. When we truly believe God can and will meet the needs of the Lennies in our life, we will not be able to keep ourselves from spending significant time with God in prayer every day. Spending significant time in, with God in prayer every day won't be a last resort, but it will be our main priority each and every day. But let me, 
Let me ask a question, a nosy question. I don't want you to answer it out loud, but I do want you to answer honestly to yourself. Do you really believe prayer makes a difference? I mean, when you pray for something or for someone, are you really convinced God can act and make a difference in that person or that situation and that God will act in response to your prayer and make a difference in that person or that situation? I mean, are you convinced that if you spend significant time with God in prayer every day, God will give you what you need to help the Lennies who come into your life during the week? Now, the sad reality is for many people, the honest answer would be no. I don't believe that. Many of us really aren't convinced God will act in response to our prayers and make a difference in a person or in a situation. Now, the reasons may vary. Two common ones are that we're not convinced God hears or cares about our prayers. I mean, yes, God hears prayers and God answers prayers, but he answered Billy Graham's prayers. He, I'm just me from the panhandle of Oklahoma. I'm an ordinary person. I'm an everyday kind of person. God doesn't have time to hear my prayers and answer my prayers. Well, if that's truly how I believe, then no, I won't pray. Believing God doesn't hear or care about our prayers is absolutely a prayer killer. Why bother spending time praying if God's not going to listen to me? The better thing to do would be to find someone I do believe God hears and ask them to pray. God will hear their prayers, but He won't hear mine. Another common reason... People just aren't convinced God can make a difference or God will make a difference. And it it will vary. For some, the idea is they I mean, if you were to get really honest with them and they were to tell exactly what they believe, they really do not believe God works a whole lot in the world today. He did in the olden days. The world is different now. And God really doesn't do that sort of thing anymore. Or they just believe he can, but he just won't. For whatever reason, we don't understand. God could, but he just doesn't. He just listens to us pray and he never moves or does anything in response. And again, that's a prayer killer. Why should I pray if God won't do anything in the world today? Why should I pray if God can't do anything in the world today? Now... My conviction, both of those are wrong. Right? There are not super Christians that God listens to and ordinary Christians God ignores. And the God who worked powerfully in the Bible is the God who works powerfully today. My conviction from this, it comes from one thing. God's Word. So my My recommendation is if you struggle with one of those two beliefs, God doesn't hear you, God can't or God won't, read God's Word. I know you're thinking that that's too simple. Maybe so. But I'm like a a water puddle in the street. When you get below the surface, you find out that's about all there is. I'm a simple sort of guy. God's Word is God's revelation of Himself. In it, God reveals what He is like, It reveals what He does. It reveals what He wills, what He wants. And it reveals the ways He works in our world. 
And if we want to grow in our ability, our faith in God's power and God's willingness to hear our prayers and act on our behalf, thus grow our passion for prayer, then we need to read God's word, the story of God. And so if we if we just read God's word, have a systematic way we read through the Bible in a year or so. We're going to read about a guy named David. A guy named David who was a young man who goes to a battlefield to take supplies to his brothers. And as he goes to the battlefield, he sees a giant from the enemy camp come out and defy the armies of the living God. He even says those words. And he challenges any one person from Israel's camp to come fight with him as an individual. And if that Israelite can defeat this giant, then the Philistines will become their slaves. And the battle will be over. No loss of life. Just one one on one. That's it. But he's a scary guy. And so the others are all afraid. David does not. David says he'll do it. He volunteers for the mission. He's told he can't possibly do it. He's just a boy. And the giant has been a warrior since he was a boy. Well, you know how the story goes probably. David does go out with a slingshot and five rocks. And he uses one rock to knock Goliath down. And then he takes Goliath's sword and he cuts off his head. And while this seems to be the story of a great up-and-coming warrior, it's not. It's the story of how a great God can use anyone to accomplish His will. Now, this isn't my opinion or my interpretation. This is David's testimony. When Saul tried to convince David not to go, David replied, God would certainly, God would certainly give him the victory over the giant. When David faced Goliath on the battlefield, Goliath mocked David. And David replied that while Goliath came with sword and spear, David came in the name of God. And God would deliver Goliath into his hand. And the world would know that there was a God in Israel. And they may wonder, well, how does this connect to the idea of spending significant time with God in prayer every day? Well, before David went to the battlefield, David worked as a shepherd for his father. He had a lot of time to just sit and watch the sheep. Many scholars believe Many of David's psalms, which were often prayers, were composed during his time as a shepherd. By the time David arrived at the battlefield, delivering bread and cheese for his brothers, he had already spent significant time in, in prayer every day before he arrived. He didn't pray up on the spot. He had already prayed up. In the days and weeks and months leading up to the day when his dad told him to head out. When you read God's word, you read the story of a man named Elijah. And Elijah fought an epic battle on Mount Carmel against the prophets of Baal. Challenges the prophets to a battle of the gods, as it were. Each would build an altar, but without fire, put a sacrifice on there and pray to their God. The God who answered by fire, that was the real God, and everybody ought to serve them. Well, Elijah let the prophets of Baal go first, but they they prayed, they chanted, they danced, they hooped, they hollered, they even cut themselves to appease their God, but it did no good. Then Elijah built his altar, he put sacrifice on it, and then he poured water all around it, and he prayed a simple prayer. 
Fire from God came down, consumed the sacrifice and the water. Elijah wins. His God is the real God. Obviously, the point of the story isn't what a great prayer Elijah is, but that Elijah's God answers prayer. Elijah had spent the previous three and a half years in exile, hiding from the king who was trying to kill him, much of that time alone with God. Elijah did pray on that day, but Elijah had prayed much before that day. Reading stories like that remind us that when we spend significant time with God in prayer, He equips us for the works He wants us to do. Now we would say, yeah, but Elijah and David, they're they're bigger than life. And yet when you get to the book of James, James tells us that Elijah was a man with like passions as us. And what that means is, Elijah had the same struggles we face. He wrestled with doubts. He had time management issues. All of the things we deal with, Elijah dealt with as well. But it wasn't just Elijah. David dealt with those things as well. The story of David and Elijah is not the story of great men that God chose to work through. The story is of ordinary men that a great God accomplished His will through. And the great God who accomplished His will through David and Elijah accomplishes His will through people like you and I. But we have to spend significant time with God in prayer to get what we need so that we have something to give to other people. We could also take the time and read Great accounts of God exercising His power. Creation and Exodus. The book of Joshua, the sun standing still. We could read about the life of Jesus, about the people He raised from the dead, the people He healed, the the great powers He... just the great works He performed. The God who did all of those things can do whatever needs to be done in our life today. The same powerful God who worked... In God's Word is the God whom we serve today. And He still works in ordinary, everyday people as well. And if we could read these stories and we could read those accounts with even the smallest amount of faith that they are true, then we will come to three conclusions about God. One, God has unlimited resources. I mean... God can take Elijah, put him in the middle of nowhere, and have ravens bring him meat every day. He just has unlimited resources. God has unlimited power. He can take the sling, the little stone from a sling, and He can make it go with deadly accuracy at a warrior giant and take him down. And thirdly, God cares about His people. God cares about Elijah. God cared about David. But not just Elijah and David. Elijah and David didn't do it for themselves. Elijah called down fire and brought a revival and turned the people's hearts back to God. God cared about the people. And Elijah had what he needed to give to the people on that day so that they would turn to God. 
The Israelites were terrified of the Philistines. But God gave to David what he needed on that day. And they rose up and they faced the Philistines and they chased them off. God didn't just care about Elijah and David on that day. He cared about the people. So God cares about you and I. But not only you and I, He cares about the lineage that will come into our lives. He cares about those that we're going to have chance encounters with. And He cares about those we want to win for Christ. And He cares about those we want to see really connected and on fire for the Lord. He cares about them. And He has everything that's needed to work in their life. And He chooses to work in our lives to meet those needs. God having all resources, God having all power and God caring about all people enables him to meet any need in our lives and empower us to meet any need the Lenny's in our lives may have. Whatever may come, our God can make us sufficient. Our God can make us adequate. Our God can equip us to do the work, whatever the work may be. And when we really believe this, we will long to spend significant time with God in prayer every day. It won't be a have to. It'll be a want to, a get to. And then finally, we have nothing to give. God has everything to give. And this is where the challenge comes in. Shamelessly spend significant time with God in prayer every day. Kenny is confident Denny has the willingness and the ability to meet Lenny's need. So he leaves home, goes to Denny's house, knocks on his door and calls for Denny. But Denny doesn't answer at first, so he keeps on knocking. Finally, Denny does answer, but it's not the answer he wants. He says, go away. Don't bother me. The door's shut. My children and I are in bed. I ain't getting up to give you nothing. But Kenny isn't going to give up. I mean, you can't blame Denny. It's midnight. He's in bed with his kids. He doesn't want them to get up. Anybody that's put kids to bed knows what it's like to have something come along and wake them up in the middle of the night. No one would blame Kenny. No one would blame Denny for saying that. No one would blame Kenny for going home and telling Lenny he just don't have anything. I'll get something tomorrow and it'll be better. But Kenny is not a quitter. So again, he knocks and he asks Denny to get up and give him some food and give it to him. Kenny refuses to give up. And we see in verse 8. And I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything just because he is his friend, yet because of his shamelessness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Then he did indeed get up and give Kenny everything he needed to meet the need Lenny had. In this last part, we learn the most difficult principle of prayer. Persistence. Not giving up. Praying and keeping on praying. Or as I've called it throughout this sermon, spending significant time with God in prayer every day. Often when I've taught about the need to be persistent in prayer, I've said something along the lines, it would be great if God answered our prayer the moment we prayed it. But it just doesn't work that way. But in recent weeks and months as I've thought about Prayer and the need to spend significant time with God in prayer every day. I 
come to question whether or not I really believe that anymore. And here's why I no longer think instant answers to prayer would be great. My relationship with God has deepened more through significant time with God in prayer every day than it ever would have through instant and immediate answers to prayer. I mean, if I prayed and God immediately did what I asked, would I really develop a love-based relationship with God? Or would I start to see God as the genie in the bottle? And I rub the lamp by praying my prayer and God comes and gives me the answer. But in spending significant time with God in prayer every day, I have developed a deep and abiding relationship with God that is really very important in my life. And the truth is, I'd rather have the relationship with God I've received through significant time with God in prayer every day than I would have instant and immediate answers. I would much rather have a deep relationship with God than immediate answers to my prayer. If you think about it, the greatest gift God can give us isn't instant and immediate answers to our prayers. The greatest gift God can give us is Himself. And to give us Himself, He often makes us pray and keep on praying. Or spend significant time with Him in prayer every day. Because when we spend significant time in prayer with God every day, we get God. The reality is, God is the treasure. God is better than the answered prayer. More of God than we ever knew was possible comes when we spend significant time with God in prayer every day. And the more of God is better than the immediate answer to our prayer. And it's the more of God that enables us to meet the needs of the Lenny's who come into our lives. So I end the message by encouraging and challenging you to shamelessly spend significant time with God in prayer every day. I use the word shameless because it's in it's the word that's used in, in my Bible. And I like it. The reason I like it is because the world would like to shame us for spending significant time with God in prayer every day. The world would shame us for saying we have nothing to give. The world would tell us you're, you're good enough. You have enough. You can do it. But I say be shameless about the fact you have nothing to give and so spend significant time with God in prayer every day. The world would shame us for believing that a God we cannot see will give us the things we need to help the people we do see. But I say be shameless about the fact God has everything to give. And so spend significant time with God in prayer every day. 
The world would shame us by having us believe there are better ways to spend our time than by praying. But I say be shameless about spending significant time with God in prayer every day. And when people try to shame you about spending significant time in prayer to God every day, just keep going. The world would shame us for being desperate for God, thinking we need God on a daily basis, and not just for eternity. But I say be shameless about the fact you are desperate for God and so spend significant time with God in prayer every day. People would try to shame us and so keep us from spending significant time with God in prayer every day. But I say be shameless in the face of their opposition and keep spending time, significant time with God in prayer every day. So the challenge is simply the third point. Shamelessly spend significant time with God in prayer every day. Now, I'm not going to give you an amount of time that is. I don't know. I don't know what a significant amount of time with God in prayer every day would be for you. I know what it is for me. I know what I'm being called to give. But I can't give you a time. That would be that would border on legalism. That would border on checking a box because you have to do it. This isn't about checking a box to be righteous, to do anything like that. This is about seeking God. Seeking God because we need God. Because the world needs God and we have nothing to give apart from God. Make a commitment tonight to shamelessly spend significant time with God in prayer every day. Every day. Don't do it a week. Don't do it a month. Do it every day. Because every day you meet people with needs. Every day we need God's help and we need God's Hope and we need what God can give us. So every day, shamelessly, do not let anyone shame you for it. Do not let anyone keep you from it. Do not let anyone make you feel stupid for it. But every day, spend significant time with God in prayer. Let's pray. Our Father, we love you tonight. You are great and glorious, wonderful and worthy. Father, you long to be with us. You have opened up the way through the Lord Jesus Christ. And now the way into the holiest of all has been made open for us. And we can come right into your presence. And we can find the grace and mercy we need to help us in our time of need. And we can find the grace and mercy to help the lenies that come into our lives in their times of need. Father, I don't know what... A significant amount of time every day is for all of those in here tonight. But I pray they would make a commitment to do it and they would keep it. And it would be something where they wrote it down, they kept it in their calendar. And virtually nothing would keep them from that time with you. Not out of a sense of legalism, not out of a sense of earning righteousness, but out of a, a desire to be with you and a desire to be able to help the lineage that come into our lives. Lord, our, our community is filled with people who don't know you. Our community is filled with people who are enslaved by sin, 
who are deceived by the devil and are being crushed by the cares of life. And we know you expect us to be able to do something to meet those needs, to help them in those times. Remind us how desperately we need you. Stir our hearts to desperately long for you. And like you told the people in Amos, let us seek you and live. God, as we ask in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.